Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of Advantage Connors. Here, as always, your host, Brett Connors, with my co host, Jimmy Connors. What's going on with you today? Yep. Beautiful day in Santa Barbara. I'm uh, up and going. I've got, uh, I've had a good day so far. I've got my bike ride in. I, I did a, an hour and uh, through the hills back behind the house. And I'll tell you one thing, brother, that's wearing me out, but uh, I, I get a good sweat. And now, you know, doing a little work and uh, talking to you, but more importantly than that, uh, I'm going to have to go back just two days because you had a big day yourself, right? Yeah, I had the birthday earlier this week on Monday, uh, August 1st, uh, Leo season is in full effect. Um, yep, had my birthday, worked Sunday, and then uh, had Monday off. So uh, Melina and Isabella and I kind of had a fun day. We went up, up the coast to Malibu Seafood, which is a Good seafood place, uh, about 20, 30 minutes from where we live and uh, got some sandwiches and took Bella to the beach. She went crazy at the beach for an hour. And um, yeah, that, that was about it. Uh, just kind of well, laid low and, and took it easy. That doesn't sound like a bad day. And, and uh, but, uh, you know, a lot, lot going on now. You got tennis, you got golf, you got uh, back to school. Man, what do you want to talk about? Right. Uh, just want to recap a little bit of the tennis last week. Um, one tournament, one match in particular stood out that um, I wanted to get your take on. Uh, two of our guys that we've been fans of and talked a lot about on this show met in the finals. We're talking Yannick Sinner and Carlos Alcaraz um, met in the finals. Alcaraz, you know, has been one of the hottest things with you know multiple tournament wins this year. Um, but uh, Sinner... Um, you know, he's been on the radar a little longer than Alcaraz, but has struggled um, winning the big matches this year. 0-8 before the last week in quarterfinals, was finally able to break through and comes back from a set down. A set mm. down, one love, love 40. Oh, yeah, like that. Alcaraz wins wow. one more game the rest of the way and Sinner takes the title. Wow. Well... Yeah, listen. That uh, we have been talking about Sinner for a while, and and uh, you, you know, I, I know you watch an awful lot of tennis, and you like his game, and and I've been kind of spotting him along the way too, and I, I like the way he plays. 
you know, to come back uh, from a set down, one love, one uh, love 40, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a time when, you know, you got to kind of think to yourself, am I going to gut this out or am I going to roll over? <laughs> you know, <laughs> do you really want to go in there and grind it out? Now, I, I, I love that because, and I want to go back a few years because I was down two sets to love. Love three, love forty, in in, uh, in the first round of the U.S. Open, and you know you 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 kind of find out a lot about yourself at, at times like that, you know, and, and and what you're able to to grab onto and to dig down deep and find, and and uh, you know for him to come back like that, you, uh, you, you know, and and he's and he struggled, he has zero and eight in the quarterfinals, but to to win uh, uh, a match like that over a player that's you know. One of the hottest, you know, on the tour right now, I guess you would say as a outside of uh, Djokovic and Nadal. and Nadal, you know, to to come through and win that, you know, maybe maybe that's just what he needed, yeah. you know, to 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 come through and, and to say, look what I did. Look, I know I can do it. Uh, I can. Uh, you know, all I got to do is keep working, keep grinding, you know, because a lot of guys sometimes, you know, they, they kind of lose, uh, uh, you know, their. Uh, their mojo along the way. That's a bad word, but, yeah. but you know, where they, where they struggle and, and they, they, they uh, lose their confidence in things. And, and it's easy, you know, to kind of just, you know, kind of float along, but if you can dig through that, you come back and you're, I think you're even better. And uh, you know, kudos to him. I like, you know, don't get me wrong. I still like Alcaraz. Yeah. I know, just, and, and the way he plays, but uh, you know, to have those two guys go at it, you know, they, they'll, they'll play a lot in their careers and be fun to see. Yeah, a couple things. I mean, definitely, I, they're going to play a lot in 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 the next ten or fifteen years, um, and it'll be fun to watch because man, was it, it was a good match. Um, uh, no one would have thought any different if Sinner had just gone away. If he goes down the break there and Alcaraz wins, you know, it's still a pretty good week for Sinner. You know, he makes the final after struggling so far in the quarters. Also, a note: all of his quarterfinal losses on the year are are to good players. You know, they're to like right. Joker and Sitsipas, and there's no like bad loss really in any of those quarterfinals. So, you know, people would have been like, well, you made the finals and it's Alcaraz, it's on clay, you know, it's still a good week for him. But for him to turn it around the way he did and, uh, and to come back and get that win and get the title, I think that could be, you know, we might look back on this uh, at that moment as like a little bit of a turning point for him um, in his career. Uh, a few mm -hmm. things. He started working with a friend of the show, Darren Cahill. Uh, uh, Darren and I worked together uh, when I used to work with ESPN. He's a good dude. Um, so he's added him to his team. And it, and it looked like Sinner. I mean, he's, he's a skinny, you know, kind of lanky uh, guy. You know, he's built uh, mm -hmm. kind of more like Medvedev, but he seems like he's put on a little bit of weight, like a little bit of muscle weight. So, you know, I think right. you know, that's been one of the knocks against him is, you know, maybe he's skinny or something like that. But, you know, people were built different and but it does look like he is getting a little stronger and he's fun to watch, man. Both those guys are fun to watch, but Sinner, yes. when he's, he has these loose wrists when he's, you know, taking a short ball and he has to get the ball up and over the net quick. And he does it on both sides, like so easily. It's, it's so much fun to watch. And, and like you said, these guys are going to play a lot in the, in their generation. And these, these might be the two dudes for the next 10 years. Yeah, I mean, you know, the if you look at it, not no, no knocks against uh, Novak and Rafa, but you know, uh, you know, age does creep in, uh, you know, somewhere along the line, and and uh, you know, to to have uh, Sinner and Alcaraz, you know, coming up behind you, you know, to you know, to push you, 
uh, you know, to if you're going to stay around, push you a little harder to, to continue playing the kind of great tennis that you played over the past 15 or 18, 20 years, whatever. And then, and, and then to know that maybe even once they're gone, that that's the next generation. Those are the next guys that are going to take over and, and uh, you know, continue to push and, and uh, you know, make the game uh, as good, if not better than it is now. And, and uh, you know, if you can look back and see that uh, and, and, and know that you've got those good young players coming up, then, then uh, you know, that's, that's also good for the viewers, in my opinion, to, you know, to know that you still have Djokovic and, and Nadal out there. But what you have coming up is, uh, you know, it's pretty exciting also. And uh, those two young guys going to, you know, keep it going for a long time. Yeah, they will. So uh, moving on from that, uh, just one one note, Dimenauer took the title in Atlanta, uh, beating Brooksby on uh, the first hard court uh, w- ATP tournament of the year. Now we kind of move fully into the hard courts as we're a big tournament in Washington with both the men and the women this week. And uh, oh, yeah, and away nice. we go onto the concrete, which is, I know what you liked. I know you like that. Yeah, that. <laughs> I, I, you know, that's, I, I played in in Washington a number of times and uh, get ready for some heat, right. you know, turn up the heat, not, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, the tennis is hot, but also the weather is going to be hot. And, uh, you know, that's, that's going to get you in condition for the U S open, but man, oh man, to, you know, to go and, and to, to play in Washington and then leading up in Cincinnati and going, going into the U S open. It's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it's grueling this time of year yeah. and, and you got to be in shape and, and, uh, you know, listen, not the, not that all the players aren't, but, uh, you know, the heat, uh, during the summer, uh, in Washington and Cincinnati, if, uh, it can be really, really brutal. And, and, uh, and I know it's hot all over the country right now, especially in the Midwest and, and up on the East coast. So, uh, you know, get get ready for some hot tennis and some hot weather. I'll be uh, tuning in to see how they handle it. Yeah, well, I have a question for you. I mean, you you won Washington multiple times, I think, and um, it's historic for being hot. That 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 uh, stadium almost traps the heat in it, makes it like a sweat box. But uh, I do a gambling show uh, on ten at Tennis Bets. We do a podcast with about five or six of us. Uh, you know, we're doing a daily right now, giving picks and, and previewing the show. And one of the topics we talked about earlier this week was the weather and how, um, you know, it actually gets cool. It cools off at night temperature wise, but the humidity goes up. So it's right. like technically hotter in the day, but then the humidity is worse at night. So if you were playing and you had your choice to play like during the day when it's, you know, hotter and the sun's out or at night when it's super sticky, you know, and humid, which one would you choose and why? Well, I I, li- I liked I was a I was a twelve noon player, you know, and I, I like playing in the heat, and and uh, you know I I figured that I was in great in, in as good a shape as I could be in, which was for me great shape, and I said if anybody could uh, stay in there and handle that with me, then you know good luck to them, yeah you know, <laughs> but man when that sun is beating down on you uh, on the day and 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 the humidity's up. You know, back then, you know, I remember crossing and uh, I played my good friend Eddie Dibbs one year there in the finals. And and uh, geez, we, we couldn't get to the chair fast enough. They had cold towels soaked in ice to put on us and and all of that. And uh, man, it, it, it's rough. But I liked I like the heat. I like playing in the heat. Uh, and, uh, you know, just it, I always felt that if I could if I could weather that storm, then it was just going to you know, be that much better for me down the road someplace. But, but uh, uh, the heat 
during the summer in Washington and a few places is like no other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and to, to be able to play in that is, you know, it takes a while to get used to. You just can't go in there and say, you know, I'm ready to play. You better get there a couple days early and and uh, figure out, you know, how you, how to handle yourself in that because uh, uh, you, you can be in for a tough week. Yeah, definitely have to probably acclimate and, and get used to it. And I mean, you figure a lot of these players live in Florida and hot places, so you know, hopefully they're used to it. But, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's uh, We're well underway and the tennis is going right now. So see who can come out on top and beat the heat. So let's move into the golf. couple things. Our guy, mm. uh, one of our guys that we've talked about a little bit, who we figure has so much game, so much talent, but doesn't have a lot of wins, just went back-to-back. Tony Finau captures his second straight tournament win. What do you think about that? It feels like it's almost like it's, it's been, we've just been waiting for it. He has way too much game to not have more wins, and all of a sudden, boom, boom, he gets two in a row. Yeah, but how good is that? I mean, it just goes to show, uh, I, I, I watched uh, some of it on the weekend, actually the last couple weekends, and they all say, you know, that, that he's kind of kept it really quiet how how he's gone and he's worked at his game and he's never, you know, not, not put, put out the effort to, to try to be as good as he can be and to keep going, you know, and pushing harder as opposed to, you know, uh, maybe letting up somewhere along the line. And, and uh, you're, you're right. We've talked about him for a while. He's got a, got an unbelievable game and, you know, maybe, you know, it's like center, you know, maybe, maybe this is just what he needed. Yeah. You know, to, to break through and, you know, to, yeah, I think he's got one. I think he had one, maybe two wins on the tour before these last two weeks. But you know, that's yeah. I don't think he's satisfied with that. I, you know, I, I matter of fact, I know he wasn't satisfied with that because I, I saw the emotion uh, after the the wins and and what it meant to him and you know where that puts him now in the stature of the game and and you know the level that he is playing at now and then. The better you play, the better your acceptance. Not only, not not that he wasn't a great player, he was, you know. But but the acceptance of winning, you know, two two tournaments in a row. I think this year he's the only uh, player to win back to back. You know, so you know that's that's strong. Yeah. You know, to keep your game at that level, you know, for you know for two weeks in a row, and you know, keep it up for another week, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're we're fans. We're fans and. I became a fan of his, Brett, and I want to tell you when. I always liked his game. But at the, remember at the Masters, I think it was, what, three, maybe four years ago when, when he was playing in the, in the par three competition and he made a hole in one. You remember that? I do. And, <laughs> and he, went, he went running down the fairway and he turned around and ran backwards point, I guess, to his family or whatever. And, and he tripped and fell over and he dislocated his ankle. And he pops up, popped his ankle back up and, and uh, back in, and kept playing. Uh, I said, I said, that's a that's a, that, that right there. You know, I became a bigger fan right there. Yeah. Uh, and and then he goes out in the first round of the Masters, I think, and shoots sixty eight on the yeah, bad so, ankle. On <laughs> about a bad ankle. Well, he's got so, a cu- couple couple crazy stories. He's got that one, and then you know how he turned pro. Have you heard that story? Where like he was, uh, he was. Well, uh, I know he was on the big break. Yeah, but he, I think he was playing some sort of tournament or something where, like, if you made a hole in one or something, you made a million dollars. And he hits a hole oh. in one. Oh, and, you're kidding! And to accept the, 
to, to get the money, he has to give up his um, amateur status, right? You know, because he has to accept the money. He made money playing the sport of right. golf, and now if you take it, it's right. and he's not going to turn down that money. So I think he took the money, you know, because his family needs it. But I don't think he was ready to be pro yet. Like his game wasn't where it needed to be to be pro. You know, so like it wasn't like, well, I'm a, I'm, I'm going to turn pro and boom, my game is firing. I'm going to go into this first tournament and hopefully make the cut and start making money. He wasn't ready to make cuts yet, you know. Right. But he was forced to kind of turn pro because he made this money on this, you know, hole in one at this tournament. And so, you know, he grinded and took his time. And like you said, he went to the big break and he was on the on the smaller tours. And uh, just happy for him because he seems like a, a nice guy, a really good family guy. And um, yeah, I think it's one of those things where winning will breed winning. You know, like, you know, now, you know, he, everyone was like, why doesn't he win more? Why doesn't he win more? And now he gets two and, you know, he might right. get, he might get another one or two the rest of the year. You never know. I hope he does. I hope he does. I hope he plays well, you know, leading up to, to, uh, to Eastlake also. It would be, uh, it would be great to see him, you know, continue on and, uh, and play, you know, you're right. He seemed genuine. He's a genuine, good guy. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, and, and, uh, you know, uh, when you when you watch him, he's good for the uh, for me. He, he he attracts me to you know to watch golf. So you Definitely. know, hope he continues his game uh, and and at such a high level, be great. Yeah, I'm jealous because he looks like he takes the club back about a third of the way and generates more club head ball speed than I can in my dreams. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous. Uh, um, uh, one 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 other note on golf, just to update. Now that there's two tours. You know, we got the LIV, we got the PGA. We got to give our LIV weekly update. Did you see who won last week? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. They were they were playing in uh, uh, at uh, Bedminster, uh, Trump Bedminster, and and uh, where's that uh, Jersey? Henry Stinson. That's uh, I, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's right. Uh, is it Jersey? I can't. I can't really. I can't I remember exactly where it is. Jersey, Connecticut, maybe yeah. Some, somewhere. Yeah, up in that general area. But you said that you Henrik know, Stinson wins. Yeah, and and, and what wasn't he the the Ryder Cup captain also? You know, until he joined the 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 LIV tour, mm-hmm. yep, he, he was. They stripped him of his captainship to uh, because he went and joined the LIV. So it was a uh, you know a little redeeming, I guess, in uh, from his standpoint to win. I think he won like four four and a half million dollar check to win. Um, so yeah, so like that that storyline continues and and. We've got a call in to Greg Norman. We're hoping to get him on the pod, see if he can come on and, and break it down to us and, and let us know what's going on. We'd love to have him. That'd be awesome. But, yeah, uh, that you... would be great. But one one thing on, on Stinson, uh, you know, I I, uh, I remember watching the duel he had with Mickelson over at the British and, you know, which was uh, which was pretty exciting. Both of them playing, you know, uh, unbelievable golf and Stinson coming out on top. But but he he's kind of hit some hard times the last couple of years. He hasn't... Uh, you know his name on the top of the leaderboard hasn't been so uh, so prominent, and and you know now to come up and and to to win that tournament and and uh, you know get his name back in the headlines and things, yeah, you never know. See, that's what happens when you stay in there and you keep grinding. You know, you never <laughs> lose. You know your your sense of your own worth of of going out and continuing to work and and trying to find that confidence that you what that you once had. And, uh, you know, he's yeah, proven that. So, you know, good for him, too. Yeah. I, I like success stories like that, little comeback stories. Yeah. You know, to me, that's, uh, you know, when guys never give up and, and you know, they can say, well, you know, it's not this tour, it's not that. It, it's golf. 
Yeah. You know, and, 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 and he went out and he won play, you know, playing the game that he's played, you know, throughout the course of his life. And, and, uh, you know, he, 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 listen, everybody falls upon hard times and you don't win as much as you'd like to. And, and if, uh, it just goes to show, like if you keep grinding, you know, good things can happen. Right. And then, like you said, if he wasn't making, if he wasn't winning on the other tour and he isn't making cuts on the other tour, this provides him a chance to win and to make money and to provide for his family and to make a living and, and all that stuff. So, uh, yep. also in the news, since everyone, you know, uh, gets on top of the Saudi Arabian, uh, part of LIV, the U S government just agreed to sell billions of dollars to the uh, Saudi Arabian government. So when you're killing the uh, golfers, make sure to save room for the government as well <laughs> <laughs> oh because oh, every, it seems like they're both doing it. So, uh, you know, make sure you, you call out everyone who's doing it. Right. Well, I, I want to talk about one thing. I know it's, it's going to break your heart here. Tell me, but oh, uh, you, don't it, even do it. <laughs> yeah. It's getting near our favorite time of the year. You uh, know what that is. It's uh, NFL football season and your dolphins. Mm. What the heck is going on? Worst owner in sports. You can't get a break. No. <laughs> no. Nope. Just, just for our viewers, I'm just going to say, you've been a, a loyal, loyal Dolphin fan since you were, what, three, four years old? You just had you to move to, to Miami those first few years after I was born. And, uh, right. <laughs> I stayed loyal yeah. to the first logo and, I remember. And, and, and you've stayed loyal. And, and uh, now, you know, with, uh, with the controversy and... Uh, you know, the owner trying to, to sneak uh, Brady and, and uh, who was it, Sean Payton also? Yeah, I think so. So we end up losing a first round pick next year, which those are like gold. And then a third round pick like a year or two later, Stephen Ross caught tampering trying to get Brady and, and Sean Payton. And I don't know, man, I'm not a big Stephen Ross guy just because it just doesn't seem like he's builds a winner. You know, we seem well, to be the same team every year. And then he's, you know, he's, he's building, putting a tennis tournament in the parking lot. And, you know, like, I don't know. I don't see the, the teams that win a lot of titles doing those sorts of things. Um, it's a bummer. Well, it's a bummer. I'm not really getting my hopes yeah. up too much, you know, like Tyreek Hill, we got coming in this, this year should be better than, than last two has got some weapons. Uh, I'm looking forward to the first few games of the season. Those are always my favorite because expectations are still there. You know, you haven't started to see the, like, cracks in the armor and the, and, <laughs> yeah. and the letdowns oh, haven't happened yet but we will keep hopes high and uh root them on with our jersey on and sitting in front of the tv come sunday well uh <laughs> you know along with football season uh you know school starts again yeah uh, boy it seems like uh, they uh, they they just got out of school the kids and and uh you know now uh, uh the reason i bring that up is uh, i was uh, at the club and uh uh, where I play golf the other day and, and, uh, the pro there, Michael, and my friend has uh, brought his daughter out and I was sitting, standing, talking to her and she's 15 years old. And I'm saying, well, how's your summer been? You had a good summer. And, and, uh, she says, oh yeah, I did, I did this and I did that. And I said, well, when school starts, she says next week, I go, <laughs> oh my, oh my God, wow. <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it's just the second week of August and, and back in school already. So boy, oh boy, the, yeah, uh, I, I know I say this quite often and maybe too much, but man, time is flying. This is going so fast. And, you know, 2022 is, you know, on its way to being over and then comes 2023 and, and boom, it's just a, it's just going so fast, man. I'm like to pull in the reins a little bit and 
slow this down, but I know you know it's impossible to do. You just had a birthday, brother, and I've got one coming up too. And in in, uh, in about you know twenty eight or thirty days myself, and and uh, is uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. There, uh, but but uh, you know, I'd rather be turning a year older than not. Right, better than the alternative. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's uh, that's the way I'm looking at it. So you and gold, every- you and gold doodle Isabella have a birthday coming up. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 You guys I, I, share I got it. a few years on her, by the way. Well, she's catching up with those doggy years, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. She, but, she's my girl. Yep, yeah, she is. Um, one thing, I uh, quick movie review. We saw the movie Nope which is uh, Jordan Peele's new movie. Mm-hmm. He, he did Get Out and um, Us, I think was one of the other, last one he did. Um, it's really good, really entertaining, good summer movie, uh, fun, kind of sci-fi, you know, kind of horror, but not like that scary. Um, definitely fun. Melina loved it. Uh, she wants to go see it again in the theater. So you and mom should go check it out if you want. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we're, we're looking to... To get out and go uh, go see a movie, and we're just kind of looking at that. There's bullet trains out, and you know, with Brad Pitt coming, I guess that's coming out, and then nope. So there's a there's a few out there that uh, that I'd like to go see. So time time to get out and uh, start start getting back to the movies and sitting there and having a popcorn and uh, you know, Pepsi and and some uh, I don't candy. know. Yeah, milk Any does or something. Raisinets. Yeah, yeah, milk does. Oh yeah, milk does, and <laughs> and uh, and enjoying it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Looking forward to my trip to Barcelona this summer, so I've got to brush up on my Spanish. For all of your summer travels, whether you're going abroad or staying domestic and want to immerse yourself in the culture, now is the perfect time to start Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, there's still time to learn a new language before you reach your destination. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson, so you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code Connors. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Promo code Connors. Got some questions. First one, we've been getting yeah. this one for a few weeks, so just wanted to, you can answer it quick. Uh, people were missing you at Wimbledon's uh, 100-year celebration, I guess it was, um, and they wanted to know why you were not there. Yeah, I, I, I was busy. Yeah, you know, got uh, you know, got things to do, and and uh, you know, just uh, you know, I I go and you know to to the tournaments when I have something to do, and and uh, you know that, uh, and I had more things to do over here that needed to be taken care of, so I didn't miss it. But I understand it was uh, it was a great celebration. So uh, congratulations to everybody who was there. Nice. 
Nice. Uh, yeah. Okay. We'll move on. Uh, I've recently watched the battle of the sexes, the movie would love mm. to hear, uh, your take and the differences, uh, between Bobby Riggs, uh, his escapades and your own match against Martina. Well, uh, that's, you know, back in uh, the Riggs King, uh, when they, uh, had their battle of the sexes, that was uh, back in 1972. I'm trying to think if that's, uh, I'm, I'm, I I'm not too far off. I'm sure, I'm sure that's about right. And, and it was, uh, it was a lot different than, you know, than when I had mine back in the nineties, uh, when I played against Martina, but you know, the, it was, you know, Bobby 73. was his own 73. Yeah. yeah thank you. Uh, you know, uh, Bobby Riggs was his own marketing promoter, uh, you know, went out and, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, put on the show to, you know, to, to gain momentum, to, to make that, uh, that match is, uh, as big and, and as popular as it became, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that pitted, you know, husband against wife, brother against sister, boss against secretary, uh, man, man against woman, <laughs> you know, really, I mean, it was, it was, uh, and, and the interest in, and uh, what it created was pretty spectacular. You know, it, you know, Bobby, you know, became the, you know, uh, you know, the male misogynist, a pig. And, you know, Sugar Daddy was, uh, you know, was a sponsor. And, you know, so a, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, one against one was, uh, you know, was pretty, you know, was pretty intense and pretty exciting. You know, what, what the match turned out to be. Uh, you know, maybe wasn't that exciting, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, you know, they, uh, uh, they, they, they put on the show was in the, the Astrodome and had a uh, one hell of a crowd come in and, uh, and view it. And, uh, not only in person, but also on TV and, and, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with that, uh, you know, a lot of good things happened with tennis, you know, brought a lot of notoriety and, and, uh, you know, sponsorship and television and, you know, kind of, you know, kick tennis on its way a little bit to, you know, start, uh, you know, adding more, doing more, becoming more popular and, and uh, yeah, you know, on its way to where it, you know, ends up today, which is, uh, you know, in a pretty good place, it seems like. Yep, definitely. But, um, okay, so so what, do you remember um, how they pitched it to you when you played against Martina? Was it something that had been talked about for a while and then, then you guys finally agreed to it or did they bring it to you as a fresh idea out of the blue? Like, how, how did that come about? Yeah, it was, it was pretty fresh, I, you know, and, and, uh, because I, I had uh, been off the tour for, for a couple of years, the, uh, the main tour and was in the midst of, uh, you know, working and starting on, on my, my senior tour that, uh, the, that ended up, uh, you know, getting out there and becoming pretty successful for, for 10 or 12 years, uh, and asked me if I'd be interested in doing it. And, and I said, you know, sure, I will, I'd love to do it. And, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I, I know, uh, I'm getting in trouble for saying this, but, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of, I thought that, you know, it, it was tough that, uh, that Bobby lost that. I, I knew, uh, you know, I've known, uh, Bobby for a long time leading up Bobby Riggs. I'm talking about leading up to that. And, uh, I, I knew him and, you know, was able to play against him and, you know, he went out and, you know, Billy Jean just, you know, beat him in three straight sets. And, and, and so when they brought me that, I said, boy, this is uh, be kind of interesting. I'd like to, you know, hear more about it. And, and so, you know, they, they put together, they said, you know, we want you to play Martina and, and, uh, you know, in, in Las Vegas, it's at uh, Caesar's palace. And I'm saying, well, I mean, I, I had a history with Caesar's palace anyway, with, 
with my challenge matches against Labor and Newcomb and Arantes. So I had a I had a good feel about going to Las Vegas, you know, and, and plus if it's in Las Vegas, you know what else they do on that? Gamble. Gamble. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, that kind of, you know, it, you know, it was a, uh, just as enticing for me to to go there and to play. Um then they threw this in at me. They said, "Well, you know, we we'd like to, you know, for you to only have one serve and and uh, give up half of each alley." And mm-hmm. I'm going, "Well, <laughs> I, you know, I I guess at the time I was a little naive. I I went and uh, in, you know it was on pay per view, and so I got there, you know, four or five or six days early, and and I was I was practicing with my friend Vitas Gerolitis and my friend David Schneider, and and uh, uh, you know, and, and going and, and just playing them regular and, and, and uh, uh, sets and games and, you know, working on my game. And, and I was really playing some really good tennis at the time. I was still, uh, you know, two or three years removed from the tour, but still in pretty good shape and working on my game. And, and, uh, and, and I, I was kind of, you know, feeling pretty good about it. Um, the publicity doing it with Martina was exceptionally fun, you know, and, and, you know, being with her and talking with her, she's, uh, you know, I hope she still can considers me a, a friend as I consider her. And, and uh, uh, because I haven't seen her for a while since uh, over the last number of years, but, but uh, you know, and, and then to be on pay-per-view and then to, to have a crowd, I think there was, they had 16,000 seats there that uh, was sold out when we walked out and played the match, but it was, uh, you know, the, the, the excitement and, and the, uh, uh, the electricity because, you know, because Riggs had lost and then Riggs was going to do the commentary, some of the commentary for our match. So, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, uh, you know, so now I got, I got uh, Riggs up there and I'll just tell you one story real quick. I got down three, one in the first set and all of a sudden there's a commotion up in the, the television booth and, and it was Riggs. He had, he had, uh, he had passed out. He, he had a little, uh, a flutter in his heart because he thought I was going to lose the match. No, you know, and, and I said, I said, wait a minute. Afterwards, I said, you're the one that did lose the match. <laughs> Don't worry about me, you know. But but uh, it was it was really that's one thing I look back over over the you know forty years or whatever of my tennis spreader that I that I enjoyed the most. I really had fun uh, playing that match and doing the marketing and doing every everything around it and it turned out to be quite successful it was you know like i said it was on pay-per-view so uh it, it got some good publicity and and was a lot of fun and and uh you know to to play martina and but i i will say that giving that spot uh not not so much the one serve because you know i've only got one serve but don't, don't no comment on that please uh, spin uh, it in there spin that, it in there <laughs> but yeah spin it in there yeah, but but giving up the space was was amazingly difficult yeah uh and i i know because you know i was always hedging trying to figure out you know if i hit a ball here where, where what was her reply and and uh, uh i i remember after that match walking off and and i had to take the next week off i couldn't walk Really, you know, because I was covering so much space, and and uh, you know, which was okay. I needed a week off anyway, but mm-hmm. it was it was really fun, and and I look back with with a lot of good memories on that, and uh, and, and and the interest and and uh, controversy and and everything that uh, that that brought about. But yeah, good time. That nice. was a good time. 
Well, you you got down three one. You were just letting the the people who who wanted to live bet you get your odds down a little bit, get a little more uh, easier entry point to bet you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I I didn't want to do that. No, I no, I'm just kidding. But uh, I I remember that we came in, we flew in uh, not for the whole week, but a couple of days before. And um, I mean, you and Martina, I feel like are buddies. Like when we've hung out at slams, and you want to get a hit, you and Martina will go, you know, hit. And like hang out, yeah. and I think you've always had like a. I mean, you knew each other before that, but I feel like doing that event kind of brought you guys closer and and gave you this unique experience that you know not a lot of other people had. Um, was it cool also to you know tennis is always compared to boxing, you know it's like um, you know Riggs was almost like a, a Don King of tennis a little bit, you know where he's the promoter more than he even was the player. You know, he talked right. it up and, you know, like, like you said, the match wasn't even that good, but it goes down in history as this huge thing because the buildup and, you know, what it was and him versus her and all this stuff. So it, he must have done a good job with that. Um, what did you think about that? Was it cool to kind of have like that circus mentality that like, hey, you know, talk it up, you know, go on all the, you know, usually you just go and you play the match. You know, I have my first round match. I show up, I play, I do press afterwards. But this, this is press before and you're doing 20 interviews a day and you're on the phone and you're doing press conferences with her and, you know, you're at the, at the, at the court, you're at the casino, you're, you know, all the stuff, almost all the hard work is done before the match, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and hopefully the match was, uh, you, you know, lived up to that, you know? So, yeah, I, I actually like that. You know, La- Las Vegas back then, uh, better was, uh, you know, with uh, w- with my challenge matches, first of all, it had a lot of boxing. You're right, and you know the to go and to watch the uh, the great boxers of uh, you know Mo, uh, uh, Roberto Duran and Tommy Hitman Hearns and and uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and you know guys like that fight there. You get and then and then to have a tennis match come in there and have that same atmosphere, you know that same electricity, you know of you know, all the lead up, the build up, you know, we, we, we'd be coming, going down the strip, we'd go and have something neat. We'd be coming home and, you know, I'd look up and, you know, I'd see, I'd see, you know, Connors versus Navratilova on the, you know, on the big billboard out in front of Caesars, you, you know, and uh, I mean, how exciting is that? You know, you know, with names like, you know, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and, you know, Elvis Presley and, you know, uh, you know, all the, all the great entertainers, that, that always uh, played up and down the strip to have, you know, my name up there in, with Martina, you know, as, as a big show. Mm-hmm. That was exciting. Yeah, that was exciting. And, you know, tennis needed something like that, too. I mean, they had the rigs, the, the you know, the rigs thing. Then they had, uh, you know, my challenge matches there. And, you know, all that does is add more interest and excitement, you know, to the game. You know, so, you know, you, you can talk it down. You can say you know, whatever you want about it. But all it did was bring more people into the, uh, into wanting to watch that, that tennis match. And, and, you know, to me, you know, that's, that's what was exciting about it. You know, people that didn't even watch tennis before wanted to come to that. Yeah. yeah and, and, and maybe left saying I'm a tennis fan now, <laughs> you know, so all it does is, uh, you know, hopefully it helped the game and, and uh, you know, for me, it was fun. Yeah. But whatever else came out of that, good, good too. Yep. It was kind of cool too, like a little full circle where I remember you always, you telling me the story of your early challenge matches that you would go and you'd walk in the casino and Joe Lewis, like one of the greatest heavyweight boxers of all time was a greeter for Caesars, right? Yes. Towards the end of his career, they hired him as a greeter, which is like kind of a sad, like side story in itself. But 
I mean, Joe Lewis is like a legend, you know, one of yeah. the best boxers of all time. And, and you always told me you would go and, you know, at the end of the practice or whatever, you'd go and find him and just, you know, sit and talk to him and chat about whatever, just to sit and kind of be with Joe Lewis for a few minutes. Yeah. I mean, what, what a honor that was, uh, you know, you, you grow up reading and, uh, and listening to his fights, you know, on the, on the radio, you know, when they had back, uh, back when I was young, Brett on the radio, they had computer boxing matches. So they would take the greats of then against the, you know, some of the greats before, or, you know, and, and, you know, kind of match them up on a computer and kind of put it on the radio and, uh, you know, which was, which was fun to listen to, but I, but, but, uh, your, uh, great grandpa your your grandma's dad was a boxer mm-hmm. uh, so uh, and and uh he fought under uh under a different name and and i i remember uh when i played uh against labor uh, uh your great grandpa my grandpa came out and and to the match <laughs> and and i introduced him af- after the match introduced him to joe lewis and and the funny thing about it is, well, uh, Joe Lewis came through uh, where my grandfather was uh, at one time and and uh, inspired with him in East St. Louis, right? Yeah, yes, uh, and and sparred with him, and and uh, yeah, and and I remember them standing there talking, and and uh, uh, and Joe Lewis says, uh, and at the end, I said, well, Mr. Lewis, I said. I said, I wish I could have seen that. And, you know, and, and my grandfather was beaming from ear to ear. And, and Joe Lewis looks up and he says, I knocked you out, right? <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, but it was, it, it was, you know, to, to see that was, you know, I mean, that's, that's a memory that's etched in my brain, you know, that, uh, yeah. that five minute conversation. But it, it, that was pretty special. Yeah. I'm a big Joe Lewis but Caesars fan. was special then. Yeah, you know Caesar's Palace. It had the Alan King Classic. It, you know, it had it had big time tennis. It had big time boxing. Yeah, yeah it seemed, you know, uh, you know, Vegas was a little different back back then than than it is now. And and uh, you know, we like it for what it is now. But uh, boy, it was a special time back then. I really loved it there. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a cool time, and it's definitely very different now. But. Um... One little little story to button up the big story of uh, uh, Battle of the Sexes. After your match with uh, Martina, after all the press and all the stuff and everything, I wanted to gamble because I like gambling. But I was only, <laughs> what, 12 or something like that? 11, 12, 13? I can't remember. Right. And, and, uh, and so Grandma Glow was there. And... Um, Linda was there as her friend and also to help do her hair because she could not be at the event without her hair done right, which we can all understand. So you yeah, guys went and were having dinner or doing stuff with mom. So me, grandma, and Linda did a covert, don't tell Vegas about this, don't tell Uh-oh. Caesars, covert <laughs> oh, no. mission to the casino where Linda would sit at the blackjack table and grandma Glow and I would stand off yonder still able to see the cards and then we would signal to Linda whether or not she should hit or stay. So, oh no. So there was a so, three person blackjack ring going on at uh, Caesar's casino back in like 1992. Oh my. 
And, and, and everybody blames me for getting you involved in gambling. <laughs> right, right. Started generations earlier. Don't worry. Right, yeah, exactly. But yeah, exactly. I just always remember that. And like Linda would look and I, we'd be like, the, sl- the throat slash is stay and the, this is hit. And you had your own signals back right, then. Right, right. Yeah, there's oh, cameras God. everywhere and they're like just laughing at us. Meanwhile, we're just losing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it was so, fun though. Yeah, it was. Okay, one more quick question and yep. then uh, we'll get out of here, get you out of here. Jimmy, you won eight slams, but you were also in seven more slam finals that you did not win. Which one of those seven finals do you wish you had won the most? Yeah, I mean, or was the hardest to lose? Uh, well, they all are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you work uh, work so hard to get there. Uh, you know, and you you know, in a, a slam, it's a two week. You got to win seven matches, so more goes into it than just the tennis. But yeah, I, I guess. Uh, I, I guess I lost, you know, two matches at Wimbledon that uh, probably I shouldn't have. Uh, one against Ash and then one against uh, Borg in, in 77, where he beat me 6-4 in the fifth. Uh, then then I kind of petered out over in, in Australia against Newcomb, where I was playing so good and just coming off 74 that that. I thought that I could uh, give away a point and, uh, and not have it come back and get me, but it did. <laughs> so came came back and bit me in the ass. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, what the hell? I mean, you know, I, I can I can sit and say, you know, I wish this, I wish that. Uh, you know, I, I lost two matches at the U.S. Open on clay. Uh, you know, which you know, I still to this day don't know why they ever went to clay. But you know, I had a pretty good record for those three years. I was in two finals, but you know. Yeah, you know, I I didn't win them, but yeah. you know, so you asked me which one hurt hurt the most. No, none of them hurt any more than the other one. They all, you know, but but uh, to walk off of there, you know, there there's there's 128 players in the draw, and you know, if I'm one of the last two, that's not good enough. That was never good enough for me, uh, you know, to to just get to the finals. I, I was either. You know, I was out to win the tournament. And, you know, is that a cocky attitude? Is it a, you know, whatever attitude you want to say it is? Yeah, if that's what you're going to say, that's what it is. But I, I didn't look at going into a tournament saying, I want to get to the finals. I was looking to to go in and win. And if I didn't win, I was going to come out of that and work my ass off even harder to try and win the next time. I mean, I I wasn't. I, I never took a knock, you know, you could knock me down, but, but, uh, I was going to get back up and, and, you know, uh, you know, we've talked about that before, but, you know, my roller coaster career, you know, was, you know, peaks and valleys of, you know, being, uh, you know, uh, losing matches and then coming back and winning, you know, if you learn from, from the defeats, you know, you, you can, you can learn more than from the wins. You know, when you win, everything's good. Everybody loves you. Everybody's all over you. They can't take you out enough. They can't, you know, praise you enough. But when you lose, I mean, it's a kick in the teeth. And and sometimes that was, you know, like we said before, that's that was my motivator. Yeah, you know, to to go out and say, you know, I'm not going to let them get by with that. I mean, the only way they're going to be able to get by with that is if I get too old. And and not and not able to go out and compete. And eventually, everybody does. So, who's who wins in the end? The athlete never wins. 
no matter what he does along the way. Because you always, there always comes of age where you, where you, you can't compete against youth anymore. And, and, you know, time just gets you. And so, you know, you, you got to do it and, and uh, do it your way while you can, because, you know, the, the end result is somebody else always gets the last word. And then, and then with all the, uh, uh, all the criticism and everything you take over your career, you got to live with that last word. <laughs> so, uh, you know, all depends how you take it, you know, so that's why going out and, and giving it everything I had every time and not having one what if, I, I take that last word, you know, with a grain of salt now, because I know that it, no matter what they say, the one thing they can't say is I ever let one second go by. And, and that, that to me is, is, is the best part of my, my whatever amount of years I ever played. So. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Take it for what it's worth. <laughs> well, also, too, I think it's um, a little like golf where everyone always is like, what match do you hurt the most or do you wish you won the most? You know, but then there's always matches where you probably should, you were lucky to get through. Where like deep down, you're like, I shouldn't have got through that match. You know, we're like, oh, a, oh there's no doubt. Probably more of those. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, many more of those. So it, like it usually evens out like golf where you get bad luck. That gets more paid attention to than the good luck, you know, because. No one wants to admit good luck because then that's like taking something away from their shot. You know, you got, you got a lucky bounce there. No, no, no. I hit it there. That's where I wanted to hit it there. You know? Right. But then right. if you, if you get a bad bounce, you're like, Hey, did you see that terrible bounce? Look, I got a bad bounce. You know? <laughs> so well, it's like, I want to, I want to say this before I sign off. Okay. I want to say the one, the one thing that, that, uh, your grandma, your, my two mom said to me growing up, she goes, when I, when I would ask her questions about tennis and, and uh, what, what, what about winning or what about losing or what happens if I would lose or, or this. And, and, and she told me, she says, there's only one big, better thing than playing and winning. And that's playing and losing. <laughs> because you're in it. Right. You know, you're, you're, you're not sitting on the sidelines. You're, you're in it. You're playing. And it's up to you. Uh, how, how you come out of there, but, but at least you're in the game. You're not sitting on the sidelines. And, and uh, you know, when she, she told me that I said, well, I, I said, I said, I got a feeling I'm going to be playing an awful lot of matches in my time. I better learn how to, you know, to cope with both. Of course, I, I, I didn't cope with some losses very easily, but Hey, that's all part of it. Yeah. That's natural. But uh, yeah. yeah, like, like it's true because you said it, if you win, you think everything you have is, is all right. You don't need to make any changes. Everything's perfect. But when you lose, obviously things aren't perfect. You need to look at yourself and make changes and learn from the loss. And the losses uh, afford you the opportunity to like learn more from them than the wins do a lot of times. Yep. I agree. So, and with, with all, thanks for the questions. Uh, keep for them everybody coming. out there, keep, keep them coming. You can follow me at Jimmy Connors on Twitter at ADV Connors, uh, at Brett underscore Connors on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywhere else? At Advantage Connors spelled out on Instagram. You can follow me at Bretters. You can follow at Gold Dude Isabella, the, the podcast mascot who barked in here a little while ago and interrupted the pod. <laughs> she just wanted to make her appearance and say hello to everyone. But um, yeah, that's it. Just, uh, just hanging. Uh, I might go hit the gym and take a little sauna steam uh, cold shower rotation a little later on what are you up to sounds like you got a good day i want to go 
and I got a golf lesson, and I'm going to stop off and get a cryo treatment. Ooh, I'm so, jealous. Yep, I'm going to I'm going to go see if I can last for three minutes this time. I, I didn't quite make it last time, but I want to make it to three minutes this time. Makes me feel better. Yeah, I love. I the love cryo. you. En- enjoyed it. Yep, I love you too. Talk to you soon, and uh, we'll check in with everybody next week. Peace.